Good morning and welcome to worship. We're so glad that you are here to worship with us this morning. You know, God said that, uh, that Abraham believed God and it was counted to him as, that he was counted as a friend of God. And I thought about what an amazing thing to be said of you. I'm a friend of God and that's what we are. We are friends of God and he is our friend. And uh, this song reminds us of that. Will you stand and let's sing together? I am a friend of God. Who am I that you are mindful of me, that you hear me when I call? Is it true that you are thinking of me, how you love me? It's amazing. I am a friend of God. I am a friend of God. I am a friend of God. He calls me friend. I am a friend of God. I am a friend of God. Friend, who am I? Who am I that you are mindful of me? That you hear me when I call? Is it true? Is it true that you are thinking of me? How you love me? It's amazing, so amazing. I am a friend of God. I am a friend of God. I am a friend of God. He calls me friend. I am a friend of God. Sing it, fill it with harmony. God Almighty, Lord of glory, you 
We can be friends of God and that we've been brought near to the Father. And so today we gather together as the saints here at First Baptist Church and we want to welcome you to worship. If you're a guest with us, we are honored that you are here worshiping with us this morning. And it would be our privilege to get to know you. And so one of the ways that we can do that is through the guest card that's located in front of you. If you could take one of these out and fill it out for us. And then after the service, just take it over to the Welcome Center that's to the left. Uh, there's a black box there. You can drop it in and just wave and say hi. Or if you'd like to get to know our lead pastor, Dr. Cox, he will be there. You can just give him the card. And then we have a small gift for you coming and being a part of our service this morning. It's just a way that we can express gratitude for you coming and being a part of our worship gathering this morning. As we continue to worship, we want to take a moment to settle our hearts and just pray. So would you bow your heads and pray with me for just a moment? Father, we are so grateful for this truth that we have just sung, that we have been made your friends. We're no longer your servants. As Todd said, Abraham believed and his faith was credited to him as righteousness and so, Father, this morning we are so grateful that when you look at us, you see your son, Jesus. And that, God, everything that is true of him is now true, true of us as well. And so, Father, as we worship you, may we put our mind's attention and our heart's affection on you and you alone, for you are worthy. May you be glorified this morning. And we ask all of this in Jesus' good name. Amen. Let's stand together and continue singing. He is the great chain breaker. You got chains in your life that need breaking? Jesus is your guy. <laughs> if you've been walking the same old road for miles and miles, you've been hearing the same old voice tell the same old lies. If you're trying to fill the same old holes inside, there's a better life. There's a better life. Come on, sing it. If you got pain, he's a pain taker. If you feel lost, he's a way maker. If you need freedom, a saving, he's a prison shaking savior. If you got chains, he's a chain breaker. We've all searched for the light of day in the dead of night. We've all found ourselves worn out from the same old fight. We've all run the things we know just ain't right. There's a better life. There's a better life. Come on, you got pain. He's a pain taker. You feel lost, he's a way 
You need freedom, a saving. He's a prison-shaking savior if you got chains. He's a chain breaker. Come on, here we go. If you believe it, come on. If you receive it, if you can feel it, somebody testify. If you believe it, if you receive it, if you can feel it, somebody testify, testify. If you believe it, if you receive it, you can feel it, somebody testify. If you got pain, he's a pain taker. If you feel lost, he's a way maker. If you need freedom or saving, he's a prison shaking savior. If you got chains, he's a chain breaker. If you need freedom or saving, he's a prison shaking savior. If you got chains, he's a chain breaker. Through every battle, through every heartbreak, through every circumstance. I believe that you are my fortress, you are my portion, you are my hiding place, oh I believe you are the said on you and you meet me here today with mercies that are new oh all my fears and doubts they can all come to because they can't stay long when I believe you are it's a new horizon and I'm set on you and you meet me here today 
with mercies that are new. All my fears and doubts, they can all come true because they can't stay long when I believe you are the way, the truth, the life. I believe you are the way, the truth, the life. I believe you are. It's a new set on you and you meet me here today with mercies that are new all my fears and doubts they can all come to because they can't stay long when I'm here you are the way the truth the life I believe you are the way, the truth, the life. I believe you are. Oh, you are. Yes, amen. You can be seated. When Dr. Cox told us he was going to be preaching this sermon on the uh, Shine Like the Stars, I started thinking about songs, and I realized that Becky Buller had a song on her album that, that seemed to fit this perfectly, a song called Make Us to Shine. And, uh, and I called her and said, Becky, uh, what do you hear the pastor's sermon last week? You know, and I said, can, can you come and sing this for us one week? And she said, well, I'm available next week. So, so uh, we were lucky to get her off the road. And, we're going to do this song, Make Us to Shine. You want to say anything? Oh, no, thank you, Dr. Cox, for preaching on this, because finally, after all these years now, I've got the scripture reference memorized. <laughs> <laughs> Philippians 2, 14 through 16. All right, I wrote this with my dear friends, Mark Simos and Lisa Ashman. And uh, I think it's very interesting that uh, Lisa and I are both Christians, and Mark is Jewish, so kind of fun writing you know gospel song with him yeah. <laughs> especially uh, and, and if he gets saved he'll be what they call a completed Jew oh, yeah 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 that's true that's what they call him it's pretty cool mm -hmm. I had a friend of mine like that Jewish and got saved and so I always call him, you're a completed Jew. <laughs> you know, i got well, all that going for you. Bless him for delving into the New Testament yeah. with me. <laughs> <laughs> so here we go make us to shine. Make us to shine like the stars in your beautiful heaven, Lord. Blameless and pure, reconciled and forgiven, Lord. May we be to shine like the stars in your beautiful heaven 
just to heal so many around us are hurting humbly we ask you show us the path to love and make us to shine like the stars in your beautiful heaven, Lord, blameless and pure, reconciled and forgiven, Lord, may we be worthy in your sight to illuminate the night, make us to shine. Like the stars in your beautiful heaven, Lord. We all have different ways of seeing ourselves in your likeness. Open the veil, show us your face through the part of dance to the heart of love and make us to shine like the stars in your beautiful heaven Lord blameless and pure reconciled and forgiven Lord stars in your beautiful heaven, Lord. Make us to shine like the stars in your beautiful heaven, Well, Lord, we do come before you this morning just asking you to help us to shine the way you shine, that uh, we would not be uh, like dirty mirrors, but we would be clean mirrors that shine clearly uh, the reflection of you, Lord, the, to dispel the darkness. Uh, so, Lord, we pray right now you'll cleanse away the sins that uh, keep us from being that pure light uh, shining that we are called to be. Lord, I pray you'll be with Dr. Cox this morning as he brings your message. Open our ears and our hearts. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Good morning. Thank you, Becky and Karen and Todd, for sharing that great song based on Philippians 2. And it's good to see you today. Welcome. Before we look at the uh, Scripture today, I just want to say a word about it. We started upward basketball and cheerleading yesterday, and I want to ask you to pray for these next seven Saturdays or so. We had probably about 725 people in our gym throughout the five periods of games yesterday. Would you pray for those kids and parents? They'll come to know Jesus as Savior, find hope in life through Him. 
I'm sharing a series of sermons in the month of uh, January entitled Shine Like Stars. And um, we are looking at passages of Scripture in the New Testament that have this symbolism of light and darkness. That we can understand the darkness, but that we can shine like stars. How can we be a positive witness? How can we be be distinctive and different in a dark world? So in case you weren't here last week, let me just read the theme verses again so you can get that background. That's where this phrase, shine like stars, comes from. Philippians 2, uh, verses... uh, Uh, I'll read verse 14 through the first part of verse 16. Do everything without grumbling or arguing so that you may become blameless and pure children of God without fault in a warped and crooked generation. So our world is going to be warped and crooked. But what are we supposed to do? Then you will shine among them like stars in the sky as you hold firmly to the word of life. So today, we're going to look at another one of these passages that has this symbolism of the contrast of light and darkness to learn how we can shine like stars. It's Ephesians chapter 5, and if you want to open your Bible there or follow with me on the screen, we'll begin first in verse 8, and it says in Ephesians 5, 8, So you were once darkness, but now you're light in the Lord. Live as children of light. And so it says that every one of us was once darkness. That meant you were in the dark about God. There was a time in your life when you didn't know God. And you were dark morally. There were hidden secret sins in your life. You were darkness. So uh, this is why we don't look down upon people who are in sin. Because you were once darkness, right? Now you might say, well, I don't know if I was really dark. I was saved when I was a kid. I never did really bad things. I grew up uh, living a good life. Listen, I was saved as a kid too, but you may not have yet manifested the fruit of darkness, but you were darkness. There was that seed of a wicked heart within you that would have flowered into destructive behaviors and patterns in your life, except for the grace of God that saved you when it did. So no matter what your record of actions, you were darkness. And so we don't look down upon other people who are struggling with sins. We're going to talk about some specific sins in a few minutes. And I wanted you to get this clear first, that we don't look down upon people who are there because we were once darkness. You were once darkness. And the good news is he can save you from anything because no matter what darkness you were, it's in the past. You were once darkness. But now you're light in the Lord. Light in the Lord. So Jesus said when he came into the world, I'm the light of the world. I'm here to illuminate and show you the way. I'm also here to shine a spotlight, a flashlight into the dark corners of your life and expose your sin. And that's sort of painful when that happens. And you have to confess your sin. But when you confess it and repent of it, then it says, now you are light in the Lord. We compared it last uh, time to stars. Now let's compare it to the moon. On On a dark night, There's the light of a full moon. It has no light in itself. It's reflecting the sun from the other side of the world and illuminating a dark world, right? That's what we are as Christians. When you come to put your faith in Jesus Christ, the light shines on you. And you you know God. You you were in ignorance. Now you know God. And your sins have been uncovered. You've confessed them, repented of them, been forgiven. And so now you are light in the Lord. So this verse says live as children of light. So be what you are. This is a challenge for us to to be the children of light that we are. Live consistently with what your nature is now that you're light in the Lord. He says in the next verse, verse 9, For the fruit of the light consists in all goodness, 
righteousness and truth. That's what the light is. You want to know, what are we talking about this light? Well, the character of God that we're to display is all goodness and righteousness and truth. Does that characterize your life? And find out what pleases the Lord, verse 10 says. So that's, that's what Christian growth is all about. As you discover, what does God want me to do in this situation? What does he want me to do? Be find out what pleases the Lord. And it says in verse 11, have nothing to do with the fruitless deeds of darkness, but rather expose them. So here's this idea of stars. We've got to be distinctive. We can't just blend in. We're going to have to stand out in the darkness. Now, most of us don't like to stand out, you know. You don't want to be the, the one that's different. We like to blend in, you know. You don't want to have the hairstyle that's different from everybody or the clothes that are different or drive the car that's different. And we can blend in with our culture on things that don't pertain to all goodness, righteousness, and truth. I got a lot of respect for the Amish, but I don't think they got it right on that. I think it's okay to blend in with your clothes and the car method of transportation and those kind of things. But where we've got to be different is anything that does with goodness and righteousness and truth. We, if we're going to shine, as our culture gets darker, we've got to be willing to stand out. That's what stars do. We're going to have to be distinctive. We're going to have to be different. And that's tough for us, but we're going to have to do that if we're going to live as children of life. Now, maybe that seems vague to you. What are you talking about? So now let's go to the first part of this passage and let's get some specific things that he's talking about. So he says, what are the specific areas where Christians have to be different from our culture? Look at verse 3. But among you, there must not be even a hint. And then we're going to have three words or phrases here that these things are not to even be hinted at among us. They're not even to be heard of and among us. Now, they're going to be in the world. We expect them among others. But in Christians, we're not, we don't judge the world. But if you're a Christian, these three things, there must not be even a hint of. And the three phrases are sexual immorality or any kind of impurity or of greed because these are improper for God's holy people. So let's talk about those three words. Talk about the first two together. First, sexual immorality and impurity deals with any kind of sexual sin. So, sex is a good gift of God given to be expressed in a relationship of marriage between one man and one woman. And anything outside of that plan is covered in this word sexual immorality. So our culture is confused, so let me just spell out the obvious. That means if you're a Christian, God's going to judge the world. But if you're a Christian, you're a child of the light, you've come to the light, it's wrong for you to have an affair, for you to compromise your marriage, to be unfaithful, that's adultery. It's wrong for you to have sex before marriage, that's premarital sex or fornication, anything outside of that. It's wrong polygamy or homosexuality, any perversion of that, because God's plan is for sex to be expressed between one man and one woman in a marriage commitment. Anything outside of that is sexual immorality, and there must not be any hint of it among God's people. And so if there's any of that in your life, 
that I'm calling on you now to repent, uh, to let God's light expose that and uncover it. That's painful. You confess it to him and he'll, you'll be forgiven and you'll be what you are, a child of light. Now here's an area where we're going to have to be different. Let me show you some statistics. Uh, Barna Research is a national research firm that does a lot of research, into, especially into religious topics. And in 2016, Barna asked the question, is it a good idea to live together before marriage? We're not really ready for that one yet. Wait just a moment on that. So in 2016, Barna asked, is it a good idea to live together uh, before marriage? 65% of those in America who responded said yes. So that's a pretty big majority. So if you take a view opposed to that, as a Christian, you're going to be in the minority. You're going to shine like a star. You're going to stand out. 65% of the people say it's a good idea. The reasoning for that was not so much economic. 5% said you save rent. It was not so much convenient. Uh, about 8% said it's convenient. But 84% said it's because of testing compatibility. Our culture has this view now that just like you need to test drive a car, you need to test drive a relationship. And so you should live together before marriage to see if this is going to be a, a good fit. That's not what the Bible says. There must be no hint of, um, of that among you. So that's going to be an area where you're going to be a little bit of an oddball. You're going to be a little bit different if you're going to shine like a star. This word uh, also applies to pornography. In fact, the word sexual immorality is the Greek word pornea. It's the word we get our word porn from. This says there must not be any hint of pornea among you or porn. So pornography is that impurity, that second word, that is, is covered uh, here as well. That there must not be even a hint of that. And again, attitudes about pornography are changing. Um, six, but this Barna study said that that um, 67% of male teens and young adults said they seek pornography at least once a month. So the majority of young men are seeking pornography once a month. You're going to be different if you don't do that. Let me show you how values are changing. I know this, uh, we put that chart up there, and I know it's really hard to see, but uh, uh, you can see the big numbers, perhaps. But this was... The asking um, teenagers and young adults, the emerging generation of millennials and of Generation Z, uh, um, to rank things that were wrong. And so, uh, is this a wrong behavior? R not recycling is the one in red there at 56%. So, not recycling, 56%. The majority of those young adults say that not recycling is wrong. I agree with that. I'm a big recycler. I, I, I think we need to take care of our earth and we ought to recycle. Um, we don't have enough access to recycling in Coffee County. That's my political platform. Somebody run on that. But, but what I want you to see is you go on down there, you see the next one in red. And it, uh, viewing pornographic images is at 32%. Only 32% say that's wrong. So not recycling is a lot bigger sin in the view of that generation than viewing pornography. Some other things that are above viewing pornography, um, 
significant consumption of electricity or water is at 38%, overeating at 48%. So you see, there, there's a difference in a view of pornography. There are a lot of things that are worse than porn in our generation, not recycling, overeating, using too much electricity, and then at 32% comes in viewing pornographic images. If you don't do that, you're going to have to be distinctive. You're going to stand out. But, oh, I talk to people on a regular basis who are struggling with this. And I want you to know this is destructive to your life and to your marriage. Chris Rock, the comedian that you may know in a recent interview, said, I was married for 16 years and my marriage has been destroyed by pornography. It causes you to see people differently. It objectifies people and my marriage is over because of that. Um, and one of the things that concerns me is that this generation is viewing pornography at a younger and a younger age. In the recent survey, um, it said, asking teenagers, and 41% of them said they had received an a improper message, sexting. Or, or excuse me, 66% had received it, 41% had sent one. So if you're a teenager and you don't sext, if you don't send uh, uh, improper images, you're going to be different. You're going to be in the minority. And this younger and younger viewing of pornography is changing this generation's view of sexuality. Billie Eilish uh, is 20 years old, pop singer. Last year was the youngest singer to ever win a Grammy for Album of the Year at age 19. And she said in a recent interview that I started viewing porn pornography at age 11. And I saw abusive and violent pornography. And she said, I didn't have any role models of what human sexuality was supposed to look like. And she said, it destroyed my brain. That's not a Christian talking here. That's a person who's not a believer but is saying that pornography destroyed my brain. It, it destroyed my view of sexuality. And it, some of her dark music probably reflects that. And so what my great concern is, this generation that is viewing pornography in increasing doses because of the access of the internet, and at a younger and a younger age, then they're, if they don't have a mom and a dad that shows them what love and marriage is supposed to look like, their view of reality comes from that, and their view of sexuality comes from that, and it's going to produce a warped generation. I'm saying we have an opportunity to shine like stars. I want to challenge you. If you're a teenager, you're a young adult especially here, but it's people of every age that, that struggle with pornography. But especially you, you don't have to be like everybody else. Once you were darkness, but if you're a Christian, now you're a child of the light. Therefore, shine like a child of the light, these verses say. And uh, God can deliver you from that. I want to challenge you. All right, let's go to the third word. So there must not be any hint among you of, of any kind of sexual immorality, impurity, or greed. Now, most of this passage is about sexual sin. What does he throw greed in there for in this list? Well, I think because it's the same kind of thing as lust. Lust and greed, with two different objects in mind, one with sex, one with money, are both the attitude that if I just got more, I would be satisfied. You get the parallel there? Money, greed, is the idea I, would be, I could be content 
happy, satisfied if I just had a little bit more. So there's some relationship, I think, there with the appetites of there must not be any hint among you of sexual immorality, any kind of impurity, or of greed. Because even though the object is very different, the process is still the same. So that's a little more respectable maybe in your life. But we've got to be different. We've got to shine like stars. And our, if your thoughts are always governed by how you can get more money, how you'd be happy if you had more money, then you may be guilty of the same kind of lust as this other category. And it says there's not to be a hint of that among God's holy people. Verse 4 has another list of three words. And it says it speaks there in regard to our conversation. Verse 3 was about our actions. Verse 4 is about our talk, our conversations. Nor should there be any, here's the three words in this verse, obscenity, foolish talk, or coarse joking, which are out of place, but rather thanksgiving. So let's think about those three words. In your conversation, do you shine like a star in a dark world? If so, there's not to be any, any place in your conversation for obscenity. That is, any dirty language, suggestive language, uh, any vulgarity, any foolish talk. That's not necessarily dirty, it's just... It's just silly. Or any coarse joking, any crude joking. Christians can't buy into the current conversational culture that is just crude and rude and demeaning. Let's go, Brandon has no place among Christians. It doesn't. That's the kind of thing of coarse, crude kind of of language there so we got to be different doesn't matter what the other people in our culture are but and we can we can we can shine by being people of thanksgiving so the positive word after those three negative words is you can turn conversations to the positive those around you may be silly talk coarse joking obscenity but rather thanksgiving among God's people and you can you can turn that conversation to that which you're thankful for and bring a positive view he says in verse 5 for of this you can be sure, no immoral, impure, or greedy person, such a person is an idolater, has any inheritance in the kingdom of Christ and of God. Whoa, now that, that's a big sentence there. You really need to get that one. It says these three words are the same as sins of idolatry because idolatry is putting something before God. And so when you let your appetites for money or for sex come before that, you have become an idolater. That's what he says. And he says, such a person has no inheritance in the kingdom of heaven. That is, this means that you've not been born again and you're not going to heaven if those things characterize your life. I didn't say that. God said that right here. Now, does that mean that if any person ever uh, commits some kind of sexual sin, that means, oh, they're, they're lost, they're not going to heaven? No, a Christian can fall into greed or any of these sins. But if these characterize your life so that this is the pattern of your behavior, then it is evidence that you are still in darkness and have not become a children of light because when light shines, it exposes and illuminates and changes to goodness, righteousness, and truth. You get it? So this is a test, 
And so if you're just depending on that your name is on a church roll or at some time as a kid you prayed a prayer and even got baptized, and you're, but there's no light in your life, but you're depending upon that, then this verse would say you need to really look at your life. You might be deceived. Because let me read it again, you can be sure of this. He's not even any doubt about this. You can be sure of this. No immoral, impure, or greedy person, such a person as an idolater, has any inheritance in the kingdom of Christ and of God. So that ought to really cause you to think about that. If these things characterize the pattern of your life and there has been no change. The next verse, verse 6 says, Let no one deceive you with empty words. For because of such things, God's wrath comes on those who are disobedient. So there are going to be people who give you advice contrary to what we've just said. Uh, Let no one deceive you with empty words. There have always been in the church groups of people who would say, no, that's not true. In the, you can read in the book of Revelation, and there were the Nicolaitans, the followers of Balaam, and the followers of Jezebel, three different groups mentioned to the seven churches in Revelation who were teaching among the churches that, no, there, there's exceptions, that every sexual sin is not always improper. In our day today, there are denominations that ordain homosexuals. There are, there are groups teaching within the church that say, oh, these things, it's different, these things are okay. You just need to hear this verse, let no one deceive you. There'll be people who try to deceive you with empty words because of such things God's wrath comes on those who are disobedient. And in personal relationships, you'll have people who try to deceive you. You'll have people in each of these areas of greed and pornography and sexual immorality who'll try to deceive you and say, ah, listen, everybody's doing that. It's not really so bad. Things have changed. There's a, yeah, I know it says that, but there's rationale. You're going to have people who try to deceive you, and you're going to have to be different if you shine like a star. Now, if any of these things are characterizing your life, How do you change? How do you get out of that? Well, let's keep reading now to the verses we already read, now that we've read those specific sins, and you can understand. For once you were darkness, but now you're light in the Lord. Live as children of light. For the fruit of the light consists in all goodness, righteousness, and truth. And find out what pleases the Lord. Have nothing to do with the fruitless deeds of darkness, but rather expose them. And then verse 14, I'll skip to verse 14. It says, this is why it said, Wake up, sleeper, rise from the dead, and Christ will shine on you. And in most of your translations, that's set in verse. Uh, We don't know for sure, but most translations put it, you see, like in poetic form. You see how it's indented there? They think that probably this is a quotation of an early Christian song. Wake up, sleeper, and rise from the dead, and Christ will shine on you. So what these verses are saying, I think, is that there's a twofold strategy if you're struggling with any of these sins that I've just talked about in my life, your life. That is, first of all, there has to be some outer fences and accountability, but there also has to be some interchange. You see, in verse, uh, up in verse 11, have nothing to do with the fruitless deeds of darkness. You're going to have to put some fences in your life. And you don't go to the places where this tempts you, either physically or on the internet. You put some fences that you're not going to have that app, not going to go to those websites. You have some accountability. Get an accountability partner. Get somebody to look at your phone or devices. 
Um, parents ought to be doing that. So you, you, the, the two strategies in these sins that so get a grip on you, you're going to need some outer fences and some interchange. Verse, I think verse 11 talks about those outer fences, but you've got to have what verse 14 talks about, that interchange. There's the power of Jesus Christ in you to change you, and you can wake up, O sleeper, and rise from the dead, and Christ will shine on you. There's power in Jesus Christ, and you ought to call out to him say, I have not lived as a children of life. I want to confess that. I'm willing to let the light shine into my life and expose me completely. I turn from my sin, and I want you to shine on me and illuminate me that I could be light in the Lord. You're going to need both of those things. You're going to need some outer fences and accountability, but you need the power of Jesus Christ where you humble yourself before him and you call upon him for help in your life. Would you bow with me in a moment of prayer? Oh, Lord Jesus, we thank you that though once we were darkness, now we're light in the Lord. Thank you, Lord, that you have brought us out of darkness. And I pray for any who may be here who are struggling with some of these sins in their lives. They're just so prevalent in our culture that I cannot help but imagine that there's some right here who are, who are dealing with greed and immorality and pornography in their lives, coarse joking, silly talk, obscenity. And so, God, I just want to pray that, that we would humble ourselves. And, and right now, Lord, we'd call out to you. And, Lord, that you would shine on us and you would lift us up and we'd be children of light. I pray you'd help us to take seriously that we uh, put fences in our lives. That we be, I pray you'd help us that we'd be willing to be distinctive and different. To be, in some ways, an oddball that stands out so that we might shine like stars in a crooked and twisted generation. This is our prayer in Jesus' name. Amen. In a moment, we're going to stand and sing a song of invitation. If you'll recognize that there's darkness in your light, Christ will shine on you. And today, if you'll confess your sin and turn to Jesus, put your faith in him, he'll save you. He'll change you. You can do that by walking forward here and, and letting somebody, a physician counselor, pray with you. You can be baptized in his name in a couple of weeks. If you need a church home, we invite you to come. If you want somebody to pray with you about your own struggles of life, somebody would be glad to do that. Let's stand together as they lead us in singing. Love of 
of God. Oh, it chases me down, fights till I'm found, leaves the 99. I couldn't earn it, I don't deserve it, still you give yourself away.
You can grab a seat, please. Just a couple of reminders here before we close this morning. Uh, if you didn't start back last week, I know we had a lot of inclement weather last week and cancellations with school, and sometimes that's a good reason just to stay home in your pajamas, right? But our Wednesday night activities are back and rolling. They're on, uh, you know, children's ministry, student ministry, radius. Uh, the, the, you can see the list of discipleship classes, the CDP classes that are going on. So find out how your family uh, can get connected on Wednesday night and the activities that are available for them. You can see in here for children's ministry that you can uh, sign up for Centra Kid. We've got a parents' night out coming later in the month, so don't miss that on that information. Check that out. And also, uh, if your student is still wanting to go to, um, to Strength to Stand, man, I really need to know today we've got to turn in our housing and stuff. And so we've got over 100 students going to that. And so if they want to be a part of that, uh, act quickly, all right? We appreciate that, and so I'll ask of you that you'll be praying for us next weekend as the students are traveling there, and, and uh, we'll probably be in, you know, nine or ten different vehicles, and, and just a lot could go wrong on a trip like that and, and taking, you know, that many students somewhere. So I just ask that you pray for us as, as we're there and that we have a great weekend and that God uh, moves in incredible ways. And so thank you for doing that in advance. As we close this morning, don't forget to worship through giving. Those uh, uh, tithing boxes are there on the back wall, and we invite you uh, to, to do that as well. Let me close this out in prayer. Father God, we just thank you for the chance to shine like stars in this dark world. Uh, we understand that uh, peer pressure is real, temptation is real, the challenge to live for you is real. And so God, I pray that you just help us to live as light in this dark world. And, and shine like stars, and, and people need to see your light. They need to see us living as we say we do. So, God, we thank you for your grace and your goodness, and we pray that you help us to shine for you. It's in your son's name we pray. Amen. Oh, the overwhelming, never-ending, reckless love of God. Oh, it chases me down, fights till I'm found, leaves the 99. I couldn't earn it, I don't deserve it, still you give yourself.